can. No, I can't. Really? It's not the jump you're afraid of. The hell is not. You're just afraid your shoe won't open and you'll show up at your own funeral as a dead omelet. No, I'm pretty much just worried the shoe won't open. No, no. When Morgan Freeman's character Carter wrote his bucket list, he included things that would bring him joy and peace. Then he met Edward, and he allowed Edward to make edits and changes to his bucket list. And, edit, and Edward included things like going skydiving, kissing the most beautiful girl in the world, and getting a tattoo. None of these things were things that would make Carter happy or excited or even bring peace into his life. Have you ever felt like someone else is in control of your life choices? Or that someone else thinks that they know what's best for you and is pushing you to do things that interrupt your peace of mind? Or perhaps you feel a little overwhelmed with grief or overwhelmed with the normal stresses of life, and maybe you feel like your life is spiraling out of control, and perhaps you need to sort things out in your head, and you feel like screaming, pull the chute! Just pull the chute! Joanne and I experienced our lives being a little out of control when her dad was first diagnosed with cancer. Our lives felt like a free fall, and the year before her dad died, Joanne was about to have her 40th birthday. And late that night, she said to me, I have a few things on my bucket list that I would like to do before my birthday. Now, I know you don't want me to ride motorcycles or to get a tattoo. So what about skydiving? Now, remember, it's late at night, and my babe once told me she wanted to be an astronaut, a pilot, and so I thought maybe she's just having one of her Joanne moments. And I said, okay, you can go skydiving. Just don't expect me to do it. <laughs> and I never thought in a million years that my babe would jump out of a perfectly good airplane. 
and I was wrong. Joanne goes skydiving, and she takes pictures of herself blowing kisses. <laughs> when I was in third grade, people would ask me what I wanted to be when I grow, grew up, and I always said I wanted to be an author and a teacher. But as life happened and I grew older, somehow my dreams of becoming an author and teacher became a distant memory. The only time I wrote in my journal were times when my thoughts were uh, bothering me so deeply that my emotions were stirred up and I would write about people who made me angry or people who hurt my feelings or people who made me cry. And there was plenty to write about back then. And in the midst of journaling about my pain, I thought about my goals. And most often, the goal that I wrote about was having more peace in my life. And I wanted to get rid of those painful memories of my past. And around this time, I was around 30. I had received a lot of success in my life. I um, just didn't have that peace to quiet those voices that told me I wasn't good enough or that I wasn't worthy or that I was, something was wrong with me because I love to play sports. And so I began to reimagine what my life could look like. It, and so I met with a spiritual director, and she encouraged me to create a pictorial representation of what I wanted for my life. She called it a vision board, but it's much like a bucket list. And so I included pictures of a little girl playing with her daddy, something that I just didn't have because my parents separated when I was nine months old and I didn't grow up with my dad in the house. And I had a picture of a grandmother holding her grandchild, much like the way my grandmother held me. A little boy playing a piano, something I always wanted to learn how to play. And I had a picture of Maya Angelou, a best-selling author, I had a picture of people singing in a choir. These were the things that I knew would bring peace into my life and make me happy. And so I can now tell you that for the last 10 years, I have that sense of peace that I always wanted. I can truly tell you that even going through losing my father-in-law, losing some aunts, losing Paula Scott and other people, I am at peace. I've made peace with the past. I've forgiven all of the people who hurt me. I've even developed a small but close circle of friends who encourage me and keep me going. And I welcome in peace into my life every day. And so I want to share with you a little bit about uh, my plan for ministry. You see, I wear many hats. I'm a certified life coach. I'm a spiritual director, a college professor, a published author, and now an ordained minister. Thanks be to God. My ministry goals include offering spiritual direction to folks right here at Resurrection who desire that deeper connection with the sacred. 
and those who want a spiritual director to walk with them as they journey towards more peace and wholeness. And you can expect to see ad advertisements in the bulletins as my plans uh, take shape, or should I say, as God's plans take shape. Now, in Luke chapter 2, we find Mary and Joseph doing what is required of Jewish families, according to Leviticus chapter 12. And on the eighth day of a male child's birth, the parents are required to take the child, to have the child uh, circumcised, and if the child was the firstborn, then the child is to be offered as a dedication to God. So when Jesus was eight days old, his devout Jewish parents, Mary and Joseph, took their child to the temple to be presented to God. And when they arrived, they handed the child over to Simeon. Now, Simeon is not at the temple by accident. You see, Simeon felt the Holy Spirit prompting him to go to the temple. And so he went. And that day, Simeon realized that God would keep a promise of allowing him to see the Messiah. And so when Mary handed the baby Jesus to Simeon, no one had to tell Simeon who this baby was. Simeon instinctively knew that in his arms was the Prince of Peace, the one who would be a light and revelation to all the nations. Simeon could hardly contain himself as he walked around blessing God, thanking God for allowing him to see the Messiah. Thank you, God, for what you've done for me. Thank you, God, for what you've done for my people. Now I, your servant, can rest in peace. And Simeon began checking off the one thing that was most important to him on his bucket list that meant everything to him, and that was to see the Messiah. Simeon offers us a lesson in the power of trusting God to do what God says God will do. And when the Spirit of God tells you to do something, like go back to school so you can get a better job, or get out of that bad relationship so you can have peace of mind, listen to the Spirit within you. I know somebody in here can relate to what I'm saying. When the Spirit tells you to go, you go. And you listen to your soul, and within your reach is peace. I know this because when I was 15 years old, I know I was called to be a servant of God, and no one could have deterred me from listening to my calling. And that's why I'm here today, to share this message with you about how important it is for you to get to know yourself and know how to bring peace into your own lives. You see, after Simeon gave thanks to God, he told Mary and Joseph that the child would be the rising and the falling of many, and that the hearts of people would be revealed. He said to Mary, a sword will pierce your own soul too. In other words, when Jesus came, while he came to bring peace on earth, Peace is sometimes not always possible without some pain. 
and conflict and the piercing of the soul. Let me say this again. While you may be striving for inner peace, peace is sometimes not possible without going through some difficult times and difficult days. When you decide to live out your God-given truth, love who you want to love, the decision may cause you some conflict in your life, so you need to understand that peace requires faith, and peace requires trust in God. Then we have this prophetess, Anna, and we know that Anna put her faith in God because she is the one who's practicing the spiritual disciplines of praying and fasting. She is the one who we can see almost daily at the temple asking God to bless Jerusalem. Now, Anna and Simeon believed that God would send the Messiah to Jerusalem. The word Messiah means Savior, but it also means liberator, someone who brings freedom. So when Anna saw the baby Jesus, she immediately began to bless God. And then she left and she told everybody that the Christ had come. Anna's story offers us a lesson in the power of prayer. In August 2010, 2010, this church was undergoing a tremendous amount of change in leadership. It was when Reverend Elder Dwayne Johnson left here as our senior pastor and moved on to be the senior pastor at MCC Washington, D.C. And although we were uncertain about our future, we were never shaken in our trust in God. And during those times, I sensed that this church needed to enter into a church-wide time of prayer. And so with the support of the staff pastors at that time and the many people who I see here at worship today, we ask MCCs around the nation to pray for this church every Wednesday during the month of August at 7 p.m. And then about 20 to 30 of us met right out front over there, and we prayed for this church. We came together in song and in prayer. And I remember one day in particular, Terry Talley was walking around the buildings, touching the buildings, and she was praying out loud, Lord, bless this church. Lord, bless us, your people. And in Terry Talley, we have our own Anna, the prophetess, the one who prayed relentlessly for the redemption of Jerusalem. And I feel in my heart that every time Terry Talley prays, the Lord listens. I know that because the Lord brought us Reverend Troy. And Reverend Troy is a light to Resurrection MCC. Thank you, Troy. We at Resurrection MCC are called to be a light. We are called to be a light unto this world, and we're called to be a light to this Houston community, our beloved city. The story of the baby Jesus being presented to God is our story. 
with all the pains and promises of peacefulness and wholesomeness, we each are a blessing and a gift from God. The word blessing, you see, is mentioned over 400 times in the Bible. And in the book of Genesis, we learn that after God made a new thing, God said it was good. And then God blessed it. James, verse chapter 1 and 1, says that every good and perfect gift comes from above. And that tells me that when God made you and when God made me, God said, we're good. And we receive God's blessings for being who God created us to be. Whether that's Troy, whether that's George, I met two of them today, whether that's Van or Jake, whether that's Goldie, we each are a blessing from God, and God knows us by our chosen name. Parker Palmer writes, our deepest calling is to grow into our authentic selfhood, whether or not it conforms to some image or who we ought to be. As we do, we will not only find the joy that every human being seeks, we, we will also find our path of authentic service to the world. We come together each year to remember the baby Jesus because in this story of the baby Jesus, we find God's love. In this story, we find ourselves wrapped in God's loving arms. And as we listen closely to the voice, the voice says, you are my child and I love you. I love you. We go to church Sunday after Sunday and worship together to be in community with one another because we need each other. I need you. We need to know that we matter and our stories matter. And yes, your story, Anna, matters. The holiday season can be a lonely time of year for some, maybe even the most difficult time the whole year. And some just want the days to pass on through and be over and done. And sometimes the tendency is to quit coming to church or rush out of the doors just as soon as the service is over. And author Michael Mead believes that when we isolate ourselves from each other, we forget why we are here on earth. And in isolation, we lose our conviction of our own worth. And we forget that we are here to do something meaningful and purposeful. He goes on to say that we are called to be angels of friendship, to remind each other of our soul qualities. You matter. And the story of Jesus reminds us to be a blessing to each other. So in the midst of terrorism, uh, domestic vi uh, violence, police shootings, senseless killings, we must keep the angels singing through our bonds of friendship and love because we are angels of love. And when you hear the news of the day, don't allow the news to get you down and keep you from being a blessing from someone. 
When I served as a chaplain at MD Anderson this past summer, I sat with a patient in her mid-70s, and we talked about her life for a few minutes. And then she told me that she believed she only had two months left to live. And I had no words for her, so I just sat there and I listened. And over time, I noticed that she began to get agitated, and she started talking about how horrible the world had become and how every time she turns on the news, this is happening and somebody is being bombed. And, and so she just started just getting all irritated, and I just grabbed her hands, and I held them close to mine, and I said to her, just turn it off. Just turn off the news. These things have been happening for centuries, and it's okay to just turn it off and enjoy your life, the time that you believe that you have left. Just live. This time of year offers us an opportunity to reimagine our own lives. And as we approach these last few days of 2015, remember that the story you create is your own story. If people in your life are deciding for you what, you should, be, what should be on your bucket list, then take back your bucket list and create a to-do to list. Better yet, create a to-be list. Who do I want to be? Queen Latifah in the movie The Last Holiday thought she had three weeks to live. And she said, if I had a second chance, I would laugh more, I would love more, and I wouldn't be afraid to live. What will you add to your bucket list that will bring you peace and allow you to live out your own truth? I I encourage each of you in 2016 to laugh more, to love more, and to live your life fully. Even when life feels like a free fall, remember that you are living in tandem with God and trust that when the time is right, God will pull the chute. Remember this, each one of you is a blessing from God. And to live life fully is going to require you to make a plan that will bring more peace into your life. Then you may go out into this world and be peace on earth and let that peace begin with you. You're a gift. May God bless you. May God keep you, and may God bless this church. Amen.